Well, good morning, church family. Man, it is great to be with all of you guys uh, today. I will tell you what, um, as we have been walking through this journey over the summer together, uh, which we have called uh, Revive Us, it's just really been our prayer and our heart's desire that the Lord would awaken our hearts to who he is in a new and in a fresh uh, way. Because as we just sang, uh, we could sing a thousand hallelujahs. We could sing it in a hundred different ways or say it in a hundred different, different ways or recognize it in a hundred or a thousand or a million different ways. And still yet there is more to be discovered about who our God is. Amen. Amen. And so this summer has just been an awesome opportunity for us to come together and uh, take a bit of a pause uh, from what we typically do here at, as a church. We walked through the pages of the Bible together chronologically. We started in Genesis in 2006, and we've been tracking uh, all the way up till today with some breaks and some pauses in between. Um, and uh, we're getting ready to start the book of First Timothy. But uh, before we did that, we just sensed the Spirit of God laying on our hearts uh, as uh, the leaders of this church to, to really do something very different this summer. Uh, and it has been an incredible journey. Um, if you've been with us from the very beginning of it, uh, you remember we talked about what it means to catch God's breath. Um, you know, we think so often, man, when we're tired, we're running, we're going, we're moving, we're shaking. We need to catch our breath. But the reality is, is that in this life, there's always so much going on where we're uh, going to and from and we're moving in and out. And we've got responsibilities and plans and hopes and dreams and goals and all this stuff. And, and meanwhile, we've got these darn devices called phones always grabbing our attention, right? We have all that going on and God is inviting us to catch his breath in the midst of uh, this, this season of life, the summer, which typically slows down a little bit anyway. It has been such a joy to slow down and catch the breath of God uh, together. And we've done that in a, a number of different ways. We've, uh, we've spent some time in uh, different areas of scripture. We have uh, focused in on some different elements of who our God is and what he's inviting us into as followers of Jesus. Uh, this last week, if you were here with us, we, we talked about how important it is to recognize that God isn't calling us to come to him, to get from him, and then to go do stuff for him. Um, but indeed, he's calling us to go to him so that we can be with him and then go with him uh, and do all that he's called us to do, all of the good works that he's prepared for us to do in advance, that we should walk in those things, but not on our own, but with him. And as we've talked about what does that look like um, as a staff, we've been uh, taking time to pray each uh, week on Monday morning. We gather together and pray for an hour together. And it's just been so sweet uh, and so beautiful. Our, our staff care pastor, Brady White, uh, has been leading us in that time. Renault has been leading us in that time. And it's just been such a blessing uh, to come together and to engage in prayer together um, and to ask God to revive us. And uh, over the last couple of weeks, we've really been spending time in this beautiful uh, discipline called prayer and specifically uh, the Lord's Prayer. Uh, when Jesus was on this earth and he was establishing his kingdom and he was teaching into what that kingdom would be all about, uh, we have this beautiful picture of Jesus uh, teaching in the Sermon on the Mount 
uh, to all of these different followers who had come and heard about who he is and heard that perhaps maybe the Messiah was, was here. There's this rabbi who teaches with authority and what is he all about and what is his, his way about? And Jesus unpacks his way in the Sermon on the Mount. And it is the, the uh, anthem of his kingdom uh, where he teaches his followers that, that there is a upside down different kingdom that Jesus is establishing. It's the kind of kingdom uh, that instead of saying an eye for an eye or a tooth for a tooth, it says, love your enemies and bless those who curse you. Uh, it is a altogether different type of kingdom that is a God first and others oriented kingdom that, 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 that looks so different from the way so many people live life here on planet earth. Our society and our culture has a kingdom or a way that is, that is attached to it. And we are ingrained in that way from birth. And Jesus is saying, hey, there is, a, there is a new way that I'm bringing to the table. It's the way of the kingdom. It is uh, this way that if you follow after me and you live my way, that you will literally bring the kingdom of God to bear on planet earth as my followers. And in the midst of all of that, the disciples ask him this question, Lord, would you teach us to pray? Jesus, <laughs> Second person of the Trinity, <laughs> the God man, would you teach us to pray? Now, I know there's a lot of people that you can learn from in the world, right? A lot of people have a lot of good wisdom, but if you want to know how to pray, why don't you just ask the second person of the Trinity and see what they say, right? And that's what the disciples did. Lord, teach us to pray. And, and as Jesus began to teach them to pray, first, he actually started with, here's how not to pray. Okay, let's, let's talk about that for just a moment. Let's clarify some of those things. He, he talked about, you know, don't pray when you come. Don't pray in order to try to, with your many fancy theological words, impress God. Because the reality is, God knows you better than you know yourself. And there's only so much that we can do to impress God, right? He loves us. He cares about us. He's enamored with us as a father with a child, but he doesn't look at us and say, wow, now that, let me take a step back. I made that, you know, like that's, that's not God. And, and that's not our relationship with him. And, and for us to have pretense when we come to God and try to babble on with our many words and try to help him believe that we're so spiritual when he knows us more intimately than we could even know ourselves, it's kind of foolish, right? And so Jesus begins by saying, hey, don't pray like that. And by the way, don't pray in such a way that, that looks to just impress those around you, right? Uh, don't, don't, don't do that with God and don't do that with other people. Don't, don't try to prove your spirituality through prayer. Don't use this gift of prayer, which is communication with the God who made you, don't misuse that gift. Instead, use it for what it is meant to be. My daughter's three years old and we've been trying to teach her uh, how to pray. And uh, if you've ever taught a child anything, you know, it's a long journey, right? Uh, it's a long obedience in the same direction, you know, uh, to try to teach your child. And uh, so as we've been teaching Haddon to pray, her first kind of prayer that she says every single night before bed, we're trying to, trying to work her out of it, but it's dear God, thank you for Haddon. Amen. Any, any guesses who Haddon is? That's her, okay? And so often we come with those types of motivations to God with prayer, right? 
it's either motivated on, on impressing others or it's motivated on our own desires, our own will, our own goals, our own plans. And so often we treat God as if he's just some sort of a genie and a lamp that if we give him the right wishes and say the right incantation, then he will grant our wish and he will do our will on this earth. And Jesus says, it's not that way at all. In fact, I'm gonna teach you how to pray. And, and, and the authors of scripture give us uh, the Lord's prayer. And we're gonna walk through that together today. And we're gonna take our time walking through it uh, to, together today because the Lord's prayer is such an incredible gift. Uh, as we've been walking through the Lord's prayer as a staff for the last couple of weeks, I've been finding myself uh, on my drives or uh, you know, getting ready in the morning or while I'm doing work around the house uh, or trying to fall asleep that the Lord's prayer is coming to my mind and coming to my, my heart. And I'm walking through and engaging with the spirit of God through the pathway of the Lord's prayer. The, the Lord's prayer is not uh, a, Jesus was not trying to give us the exact words to pray. Um, he was trying to give us a way to pray. And so when the disciples said, hey, how should we pray? After he said, don't pray like this. He said, pray like this. He didn't say pray this exact way every single time. And this is the only way you can pray is with the Lord's prayer. But he did say, pray this way, pray like this, bring these types of prayers to the table. And so today we're gonna walk into the Lord's prayer and we're gonna do that actually corporately, communally together. Uh, we're gonna spend some time in the Lord's prayer because I could give you a teaching on the Lord's prayer and I'm sure it would be decent. I don't know, <laughs> Let, leave that up to you guys. But, but what if instead together today, we spent some time actually engaging in prayer, engaging communally, engaging corporately with the spirit of God together and praying this prayer. Do you guys think that that would be an enjoyable thing to do? And the hope, the hope is that, that this would be a springboard that coming out of this experience today together, that this would not be something like, okay, we checked the box, we did the Lord's prayer together and now let's move on. Okay, God revive us, right? Check. It's not, it is not that. Uh, but the hope is that we together, as we spend time walking through this in a corporate communal setting together, that this would provide a tool in our toolbox to be able to utilize the Lord's prayer in our own personal lives as we walk with Jesus, as we go to and from whatever we're doing, as we're uh, you know, going to work and as we're about to be taking kids to school again. Oh, Lord, help us. Uh, everybody watch out for those school zones. Slow it on down, right? As we're going to and fro and we're doing what we're doing, it is an incredible opportunity to allow this to become something that is a part of our lives and our stories on a daily basis. So let's relax, let's calm down, let's breathe just for a moment. Let's recognize that God invites us to come to him. Let's recognize that we don't have to bring all the right things to him, but we bring him ourselves and we approach him for who he is. So let's take a moment and just settle in together. And we'll walk through each one of these sections of this prayer together.
Jesus begins, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. The beginning of this prayer is an opportunity to see God for who he is, that he reveals himself to us as our Father, and to recognize that this life is about him. It's a God first focus in prayer. That as we come to God, we recognize who he is, that we see him and that we behold him and that we recognize that his name is holy, that there is no one like him. That no one else is like our God. Only he is deserving of our hearts, is deserving of our affection, is deserving of our lives and our obedience, of all that we are, that as we come to him, we recognize that he is our father and that his name is holy. Psalm 145 verse 21 says, my mouth will speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. Here in this space, I want to invite you to take a moment to consider how incredible it is that God is Father and to worship him for who he is. So let's do that together this morning. next movement in this prayer. Jesus prays to the Father, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This prayer is a prayer of realignment 
It's a moment to recognize that God's kingdom is other than our kingdom, that God's priorities, his desires, his will is different than our priorities, than our desires, our will, but that he is inviting us to join with his kingdom, to align our hearts with his kingdom and then bring his kingdom to bear as we go to him and as we go with him. This is a recognition that our will needs to be conformed to the will of God. And it's a cry of our heart to say, God, we do desire that your kingdom will come and that your will will be done on earth here in my life, just as it is in heaven. Micah 6, 8 says, he has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. Let's take some time to ask God what it might mean for his kingdom to come and his will to be done more clearly in our lives and in the lives of those around us and throughout the world. Let's ask him to do that in and through us. Let's take some moments to pray those things. next movement, Jesus prays, give us this day our daily bread. This is a simple request and a simple prayer about God's provision in our lives. It's not a laundry list of our wants. It's not asking for 
the, the good life for the best life that we can have. It's simply recognizing that we have need, <laughs> that we're needy, that we are human beings who are needy as children to a father. We're asking God to provide our needs. Matthew 7, 7 through 11 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven, who is so good, give good things to those who ask him? The simple prayer, give us this day our daily bread is a prayer from a child to a father saying, dad, I'm needy, I'm needy and I need you. I need you above all else, I need you. Give me today daily bread, manna, manna from heaven. I need you. we think through our personal lives together and we were to think through all of our needs, the anxieties that we have, the struggles that we're facing, the things that we're dealing with, whether those are monetarily based or relationally based or circumstantially based or health, whatever it may be, we all have need. And there's an invitation from God to say, just come. Tell me what your needs are. I already know them, but I enjoy when you come. So let's take some moments to consider what daily bread, what manna looks like for us. Let's recognize our need for him and let's ask him. Take a moment and do that.
now that we've all finished praying for our Lamborghinis. Just kidding. This next section, this next movement, it's pretty difficult actually. (laughs) And I don't want to walk into this tritely or assuming that this is a section that here in a room like this as followers of Jesus that we have somehow nailed down. (laughs) In fact, this is very, very difficult. Next section, Jesus says, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Other translations say, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. There's a recognition that in this world that we live in, because the kingdom of God is being established among us and yet it is not fully established here yet, that we're still able to struggle with one another and that we are able to struggle before God. And in this section, Jesus is inviting us to go to the Father and ask for his forgiveness. That there's a recognition that when we sin, when we, when we offend, when we commit trespass, when, we've, when we incur debt, that the debt and the sin is first and foremost against God. And we ask him to forgive our sin, to forgive our debts. But as we do that, we recognize that there are those who have sinned and trespassed against us. And it's very difficult and very tough because Jesus goes on to say, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. This is very heavy. This is very serious. And ultimately what Jesus is bringing to the table here in this space is that we don't have any business pursuing the mercy of God for our own lives and for our own hearts and for our own sins. Meanwhile, withholding that same mercy from others. that as we pursue the mercy of God for ourselves and for our own lives, we extend mercy to others. These two things go hand in hand, asking God for his forgiveness and extending forgiveness to those who have sinned against us. This is not easy because we live in a world where we are constantly getting offended. (laughs) We are constantly being hurt. Just the moment we forgive someone, someone else sins against us. But just the moment we are forgiven, we sin against someone else and ultimately against God. And so here in this prayer, Jesus is affirming that reality and inviting us to come to the Father and ask, Father, will you please forgive me? And will you help me to forgive those who have sinned against me? Let's take some time here in this space and I'm gonna give some time in this space 
to ask the spirit of God to reveal to us the sins that we are or have been committing against him and against others and to ask him for his forgiveness. And meanwhile, to ask the spirit of God to reveal to our hearts any sin that has been committed against us where we are withholding forgiveness and ask for his help to extend forgiveness to others. What a world we would live in if we all took this prayer and this part of this prayer seriously every day. What a church this could be if we treated one another according to this prayer. So let's go, God, let's go to God right now, to the spirit of God right now, and let's ask him, God, search our hearts and reveal what needs to be revealed and help us. We need you. Take some time. next movement in this prayer and do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from the evil one 
think it's so interesting that after Jesus invites us to ask our Father for forgiveness and then extend forgiveness to others, that there's an immediate recognition that waiting around the corner is an opportunity for us to step into more need for forgiveness. And Jesus is saying, let's let's ask God to lead us out from under this temptation before it even comes, before it even hits us. I think this is one of the reasons why this prayer is so helpful to have memorized and on our hearts and on our lips regularly throughout the day, throughout the week, in the moments of our anxieties and our stress and the moments when we feel like we are bored or we have some extra time as we're traveling, as we're going to and fro, because you know, life just hits us, right? And this prayer is a prayer to reorient our hearts around God's kingdom. And this is a moment that Jesus helps us to recognize that yes, he is bringing his kingdom to bear, but sin and Satan are still very real. And our temptations are ever present with us. We are being consistently and constantly enticed to live for the kingdom that is not of God and that is not of heaven, but is of this world, that is of darkness. And that it requires us going to God and going with God to be able to walk by the power of the spirit working within us free from sin. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. You're not the only one who's tempted. We're all tempted. We're human beings in need of further grace, in need of further becoming more like Jesus. Paul says, it's normal, (laughs) expect it. But God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. In a room like this, I can't imagine that there are any sins that can be committed by human beings that to some extent we collectively are not tempted by in some way, shape, or form, perhaps on a momentary, hourly, daily basis. We don't come here and gather together as the church because we have it all figured out. We gather together because we need God. We need each other. We need redemption. We need freedom. And as we are tempted in this life, the Spirit of God is calling us into freedom every single moment of every single day, and He is providing a way out. So I don't know what your temptations are, 
boy, do I know what my temptations are. We all have them. So let's take some time here in this space to face them head on before we're in the moment. What are you tempted with? Is it fear? Is it greed? Is it lust? Is it bitterness? Envy? Strife? Idolatry? Alcoholism? Anger? Abuse? What are you tempted with? I have my own. And here in this moment, the Lord's Prayer, Jesus is inviting us to face those temptations head on, full of the Spirit of God, in the context of community, and say, God, as I go from this place, lead me not into temptation. Lead me away from temptation. Deliver me from the evil one. Maybe today, some sin that you've been struggling with maybe for your whole life. God wants to break you free from that today. And he may be using this moment to do that. So let's go. Let's be honest with God about our temptations. He knows them. And let's ask that the spirit of God would lead us away from those temptations and deliver us from the evil one who comes to steal and kill and to destroy. But Jesus comes to give us what? Abundant life. So let's pray together.
as Jesus concludes his prayer, the Lord's prayer, we are left with this invitation to worship him, to worship God, to recognize how incredible our God is. This prayer begins with God. And now for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. What a beautiful prayer. What a beautiful invitation. And today, rather than walking through this prayer in silence together, that this ending in silence together, we thought it would be fitting for us to respond in prayer through song. So the worship team is going to come back up and join us. And we're going to respond through singing. And we're going to worship God for who he is and for what he's done. First Chronicles 29, 11 says, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and all that is in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. I'm going to invite you to stand and we're going to respond in worship. Before we begin to sing together, I want to invite you uh, together to say along with me uh, to, to walk through this prayer from top to bottom. I would encourage you that throughout the week that you come back to this prayer over and over and over again. If you've never memorized this prayer, uh, man, memorize it. My favorite version is the New King James Version. That's mine. Uh, but man, it is a great opportunity uh, to be able to at a daily basis, recalibrate our hearts and our minds with the Lord's prayer. So let's begin this prayer together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen.